Hello, everyone, and welcome to Total Sports Talk, otherwise known as Total Football Talk. I'm Anthony, and a little bit of background on me so you guys know who you're listening to. Been a football fan since 1984. The first game I ever saw was in 1983, Patriots at the Rams. I thought these guys wearing this blue and yellow uniform with the horns was something to see, and this number 29 was all decked out in gear, and I remember I got hooked. But I really got hooked in the NFL the following year when I was watching uh, a Ram game on TV where they were away. I don't even remember who they were playing, but it was on TV. And I liked their away uniforms to boot. Now, ever since then, I've been watching the Rams and following them religiously. I've been studying the game of football. Uh, played it for 10 years. I've coached it now for 16, going into my second year as a head coach. Been a, been a part of my life, if not a focal point in my life. Now, that being said... Um, I decided to do this show, uh, originally on YouTube because I got tired of hearing the same garbage teams being talked about. When I say garbage, I don't mean garbage. They're good teams, but I got tired of hearing about the same teams over, and over and over again. I felt like I could provide a little bit of insight and having started a, a degree in journalism, I felt like, you know what? I can do this. I've gotten some training in this or some schooling on this. I never finished the program, but I went through enough schooling to kind of know kind of the ins and outs of broadcasting and went, okay, I think I can handle this. So I'm excited. Um, but, uh, that's why that's who I am and why I'm doing the show was to try and bring some light to other teams other than your atypical go-to six. Eric, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey everyone, I'm Eric and I was born with a baseball and a baseball bat in my hand according to my parents. Uh, baseball is my first love, but I remember watching as early as 1985, the Chicago Bears. Uh, one of our my very first fondest memories was the uh, 85 playoffs. Sorry, Anthony. Um, <laughs> uh, but the one thing I really do remember is whiff, whiff, whiff. Yeah, and then, the whiff for uh, uh, round one. Of course, the big Super Bowl, and and uh, always, always wanted to see my Bears back in the Super Bowl, and it took it took uh, what 21, 21 more years to get the Bears back there. Um, but always loved, always loved the Bears. There's other teams that I liked and followed because of certain players. Um, but you know, football has really come along for me. Uh, it took me a while to get to know the game and, and what they do, but you know, when you when you start seeing things. In, you know, in the 90s, and you're like, oh, I'll run it right down the middle, and they do. And you're like, yeah, sweet, I called that play. Now to the uh, 2010s, and you're like, oh, it's third and inches. Hey, he's going to throw a deep pass. And then they're going to punt on fourth and one. And sure enough, it happens. Yeah. Um, you know, I, what can I say? Like, football football has changed a lot since I remember it. Um, you know, like I said, I'm a baseball fan, number one. It's my true number one sport. Uh, but getting to know football, talking with Anthony about football has really opened my eyes to what's out there as far as breaking down, breaking down a game, breaking down players, talking about drafts, whatnot. So that's me in a nutshell. There we go. All right. We'll be back. We're going to talk about the Ram Raven game. Sorry about the previous podcast. Sound like I was in a, a windstorm while I was driving. I was because I was driving, but not in a windstorm. Friggin phone service was horrible. So I won't be doing that anytime soon, but we're going to cover the Ram Ravens, the Bears Giants, and we're going to cover the Packers 49ers, uh, Colts, Texans recaps. And then the only games we're going to cover this week are going to be the Rams 
and the Bears. And I want to touch a little bit on Dallas. So stay tuned. All right. So let's uh, let's let this party start. Uh, I said quite a bit already about my my feelings on the Ram Raven game. So I'm not going to say much on this game. I'm going to let Eric talk about this game, and then we'll get into the Bears Giants. But I do want to say just two things that I want to recap. That this this is a game you don't measure the Rams' new offensive line by, okay? This was a, this was, you throw the film out the window. And I said this going into the game, that we cannot ac- adequately evaluate the Rams' new offensive line based on this situation. But I do want to say something. While I was watching the game, I was talking to LT on the phone. And if you guys don't listen to LT, LT Combat Sports Talk LA, awesome dude, great show. Check out his podcast, check out his YouTube show. I was talking to him and I said, you know, to be honest with you, I feel really good about the right side of our offensive line. It's the left side with Whitworth on the verge of retiring that I'm really concerned about. And right after I said that, Jared Goff got sacked on the left side of the line because somebody missed a blew a coverage and the guy made the sack. And the right side of the line had held strong against Baltimore. So I didn't want to measure the Rams' offensive line with this game, so throw that one out the window. The second thing that I wanted to mention was, to you Ram fans, I'm going to reiterate what I ended the last podcast with, which is this. Be careful what you wish for sometimes you get it. You didn't want Marcus Peters in a Ram uniform. And I told you how stupid that was. Well, guess what? Marcus Peters no longer in a Ram uniform. And we got Marcus Peters 2.0, but more expensive. Jalen Ramsey, I don't think has an interception yet for the Rams. And he certainly hasn't shown shut down corner capability when a rookie has six catches for 80 yards on him. And how many touchdowns did they throw for? Oh, and one other thing, you know, Eric Weddle, yeah, that is some San Diego Charger trash right there. You can have him. I would rather have LaMarcus Joyner at this point than having this pile of human fecal matter in a Ram uniform. My goodness, he's a statue that people are just blowing by. It's like watching Jason Seahorn all over friggin' again. Anyway, finally, I'm not going to toot my own horn. But Eric, I know you wanted to comment on something that was said about my prediction, um, which, take it away. Yeah, I'm still here. Thank you for taking 25 minutes. From all the <laughs> um, so before the game, Anthony predicted his score. And I thought he was a little too low on the refs. He said Ravens 41 to 10. Yeah, 41-10. Somebody called him a somebody called it a Stephen A. Smith comment. Who's laughing now? Yeah. Who? Who's laughing now? Seriously, Anthony didn't want to pick that score, but he's seen the Rams enough that it was a logical score choice. Yeah. I picked thirty-eight to twenty. Okay. I thought, hey, you know, you know, the Rams, We know the Rams can score. Just you know, the Ravens' defense isn't that good. Boy, was I wrong about that. <laughs> um. But I mean, when when it when it finishes forty five to six, and then you look and you're like, freaking sob Anthony, what the heck? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, like guys, if you really haven't been believing Anthony for the last three years, I think you should start now. Yeah. Um, because when because when you have clown comments like the one that we had about him having a Stephen A. Smith comment, dude, those are clown comments, bro. Yeah. And I'll tell you this much, like, take what Anthony says, man. I'll tell you, 
I haven't seen anybody so right in three years about this Rams team than than any than any NFL Network, ESPN, Fox, CBS analyst that is out there currently. Mm-hmm. He's been spot on. So let me get to let me get to what I saw. I saw a lot of Lamar Jackson, and I saw very little of the Rams offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had to go back and look because I was like, I'm watching, I'm watching the second half, and I mean it's already like 28 to three or whatever at halftime, and then third quarter plays, and then it goes into the fourth quarter. I'm like, okay, you know, I know they got to take Jackson out and fight. I'm like, wait a second, do the Rams really have the ball once in the third quarter? Sure enough, I go look at the uh, game cast. Play by play, Rams three plays, three yards punt, yep. and I'm like, you can't get into any offensive rhythm whatsoever when you don't have the ball. No. Your defense is getting shredded, and and you could tell in the fourth quarter, end of the third quarter, early fourth quarter, when Lamar was carrying the ball, that the Rams were like, we're out to get you, and you could tell with some of the the way that they were going after him and trying to hit him. And it was like, finally, you got to get him out of the game. And they finally did after he threw the fifth touchdown pass. Which, you know, I agree. I agree. For the record, I agreed with the Ravens making that call. You know, you got to try to get him the record. No no oh, one's ever thrown yeah. for five touchdowns on a Monday night football game. And the Rams should have been trying to go after him because they felt like they were running up the score. And that's what you do when you're on defense. You're like, okay, if you're going to leave your guy in, then I'm going to make sure your guy isn't in next week. That's just football. That's not, there's nothing wrong with any of that on either side of the aisle. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and as far as it's it's such a treat to watch uh, Lamar Jackson. How long we're gonna watch for watch him for? I have no idea. Okay, sure, he's not like Vic. He's not what he's got a decent arm. He throws to three different tight ends. Oh yeah, and then he's got Hollywood Brown that he gets to throw to, mm-hmm. um, and then he gets to hand off and throw to Mark Ingram all day, like. I'm sorry, if you cannot succeed in that offense, you don't belong there. You know, I, and, and, Lamar, and Lamar is doing just that. I want to say something about Lamar because I've been harsh on him, and I even said this on my previous po- on the previous podcast when I was doing my reaction to the game, and that was simply this. I've been hard on him. But, Eric, you do have to give me credit on this. I never used the word bust on, on Lamar Jackson, did I? Nope. I came close. I called him garbage. But I never went with the bus label. And can you tell the audience why I didn't use the bus label? What my mantra is? Well, because you wanted to wait after a certain amount of time. Right. Three years, you evaluate. Right? Three years. And the example that I gave on, my, on the previous podcast was, it's like in high school, right? Your freshman year, you're drinking from a fire hose. You're trying to figure out your high school life. You don't even know your own body at that point. Your sophomore year, you think you're a big swing and you know what. But in all actuality, you're a little tiny frozen Peter, right? By your junior year, you kind of know who you are. You kind of got the system figured out. And you're kind of you, you're kind of the man you're going to become. And by your senior year, man, you, you're there. You, you're ready to move on to the next chapter of your life and do what's expected of you or do, you know, start to figure out what you want to do. That's the progression of life. And that's the progression of a football player. By the fourth year, you know what you got. And I made the statement, once you leave the bust label, you never go back and get the bust label back. You're never going to be a bust. You may have some down years. You may have some disappointing seasons. You may have some topsy-turvy stuff. But at the end of the day, 
you can't get that bus label put back on you because that's not fair. With Lamar Jackson, this is the closest thing to the Lakers' showtime offense in basketball that I've ever seen in a foot on a football field. Because showtime basketball, it wasn't about, um, you know, I think it was called showtime, right? Am I thinking the right thing? What did they call it? Yeah, you're thinking the right thing, yeah. showtime. Yeah. It, what, you know, showtime basketball wasn't lob it over into the paint and get the big play and then dunk it. It was short passes to wide open guys and fancy moves and dunks and moves to the hoop and great defense and transition offense. And that's what the Ravens are. Short little dumps, great plays, wide open receivers, great moves. The point guard, which is Lamar Jackson, is doing his best impression of Magic Johnson that I've ever seen. And I'm sorry for Ram fans for me to make a comparison to the friggin' La- of the Lakers with a team that just beat us 45 to six, but that's really what we're watching. It's not this down the field vertical, you know, greatest show on turf type of look. It really is showtime basketball on a football field. Would you agree with that assessment? Absolutely. Hold on. That was my dog. He agrees. He thinks that the Ravens look pretty damn good too. All right, go ahead, Eric, finish your thought and then we'll move on. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that assessment. And, uh, I don't know, I, I, seeing what the Rams were unable to do at any point in the game, and they're, they're just a completely different team. they got a lot of holes. They don't have a first-round pick t- until 2022, and they're going to be hurting. I mean, if they're really going to really sign Jalen Ramsey, somebody who's got a big contract, Gurley, Goff, or Donald, has to go, and I'm thinking the number one guy who's going to go is going to be Gurley. I, it's, I, I couldn't when, agree with you more. When, when in the last three games, when you have no touchdown passes and you got five picks um, and not much to show for it the last three games, yeah, you put up 17 on the Bears the other, you know, two other days, but, or two games ago, but um, now you got the Cardinals coming up. So, you know, is it going to be more of the same or the, or, or the Rams going to be like, all right, fine, we're getting out of our own home stadium. We're going to go on the road. Let's just relax and have some fun. We don't know. I mean, it's good to get Woods back. Uh, Cooks is back. And Cup's still there. But, like, there's nothing moving on that offense. And it's, it's really hard to watch right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on the Ram-Cardinal game when, when we get to it. But, um, Eric, I want you to kind of go into the Baltimore. Uh, oh, Baltimore. Oh, my God. I just went back to 1982. The Indianapolis-Houston um, game. Because you, you had touched yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I said it was going to be a close game, and I wasn't I wasn't too far off uh, from uh, from that. I think I predicted like a twenty four twenty one game, and it yeah. ended up being like twenty uh, twenty four twenty or something, um, or twenty sixteen or whatever the heck it was. But um, I just want to ask Indianapolis one question, and that is, how do you leave DeAndre Hopkins uncovered in the end zone? Blows my mind that you let one of the best wide receivers that the game has has to offer today, and you let him roam free in the end zone. I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay? Like, here, you're just asking to lose. Uh, and Deshaun Watson's like, oh, yeah, oh, hold on. Oh, oh, you're right there? Oh, okay, cool. I'll throw it to you. You're wide open. Yeah. Like, nobody within 20 yards of him. Yeah. And, of course, he catches another touchdown pass. But I'll, I'll tell you what, actually, DeAndre Hopkins doesn't wow me anymore. Because I already know what he can do. I've seen him do this with bad quarterbacks. And I've seen him do this with 
Deshaun Watson. So I know they're a great duo already. But what really opened my eyes, and this guy is just has to stay healthy for 16 games of the season. Because I guarantee you, he could be a, at least an 1,100-yard, 1,200-yard receiver. And that is Will Fuller, who put up another monster game. And uh, he didn't have any touchdowns, but he was virtually catching everything coming his way the whole night. You know, over 100 yards receiving. And you, that's what the Texans need to get their offense rolling. Yeah, they have a decent running back, Carlos Hyde. Yeah, they have a decent uh, backup running back in Duke Johnson. And, yeah, they have a slot receiver, uh, whether whether that's Kenny Stills or Keith Sudi or whoever. And they got a massive tight end, Daniel Fells. But, man, you keep Will Fuller healthy for that Texas team, they are outright dangerous. Yeah. I will say, I will say this, though. I will say this. I know that game was played on Thursday. We're here on uh, right after the uh, Rams-Ravens game next day talking about that Thursday game. I will tell you, though, the Colts and the Texans better take care of business or else Tennessee is going to overtake one of those one of those teams or both those teams and sneak themselves into the playoffs. Tennessee, they have to watch their back. Tennessee is rapidly becoming a fourth team that I love to watch and follow. Now, my beloved Redskins won another game this week at home against Detroit. Unbelievable that the Lions, even to this day, they cannot win in Washington. Historically, their record is abysmal in Washington. And this was just, I, I, I wasn't surprised, but I was blown away that the Redskins won. I love my Browns, and the Browns look like they're coming on, and they're ready to make their push. But I'll tell you, this Tennessee team is a lot of a lot of fun to watch because it's some old school football. But I do want to say this about about DeAndre Hopkins. For me, DeAndre Hopkins, it is a frigging crime that the NFL doesn't give him more attention. There isn't a better wide receiver in the entire sport. I'll take him over Michael Thomas. I'll take him over Cooper Cup. I'll take him over anybody in the league it's not even close there's one wide receiver i would take over who michael thomas you can have him you can have him because michael thomas we don't know what michael thomas can do with a garbage quarterback yes Yes, we do no we don't yes we do when have the saints ever had a garbage quarterback uh not not a garbage quarterback okay Teddy Bridgewater. No, but Teddy Bridgewater is a pretty damn good quarterback. He, Teddy Bridgewater needs a full season, and Michael Thomas is still going to catch over 100 balls. I, look, I'm not saying he's not the second-best receiver in football, but what DeAndre Hopkins has done over the course of his career, for my money, he is the best wide receiver the game has to offer, and the fact that he doesn't get publicity is shameful. And I'm going to make a bold prediction right now, and you're going to hold me to this when we do our bold prediction show for next football season. But 2020? DeAndre Hopkins has 1,600 yards receiving when the year's over. I'm just putting it out there right okay. now. I mean, I mean, Michael Thomas is going to break the uh, single-season catch record, so, I mean, he's already, he's already doing it. Yeah. Um, I'm talking yards I mean, now. The, guy, the, guy, the guy's got a 93% catch uh, Again, ratio. don't so misunderstand. He's got, well, he's got one of the best, you know, he's got some of the best hands, and goes over the middle. He doesn't go as deep as Hopkins, but he still breaks free. You can, you can, I'm not saying 
I am not disagreeing that, uh, that Michael Thomas is a great wide receiver. He's the second best receiver in football. But for my money, what Hopkins does on a week-to-week basis, and it goes unnoticed, and it's been going on for years, and some of the catches he's made have been ridiculous. The butt catch? Remember that one? Oh, from last year? Yeah, that was incomplete. Whatever. It was incomplete, but it was still a heck of a game. Right. So, I mean, the one-handed grab against Pittsburgh a few years ago? Dude's unbelievable. Anyway, um, 49ers-Packers. I picked this one. I knew this wasn't going to be close. I can't remember the score, but I'm pretty sure I picked a blowout in that one. Um, Look, the Packers are who we know they are. They're, they're going to win the division because their division is pathetic and they're, they're going to probably end up going 12 and four, maybe 11 and five. And they're going to get absolutely annihilated at home by whoever they play in the playoffs because they're that weak of a playoff entry. Um, the 49ers are scary, bro. They are scary. And how ironic would it be if we had a Baltimore Ravens, San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl? So, yeah, I was thinking about that. I I don't want to take anything away from uh, from a certain team in a certain city in the South that uh, uh, plays in the Dome. Uh, but uh, yeah, actually, I wouldn't mind seeing the Ravens and, and 49ers again, and, and hopefully the same result happens from the last time to this time. Too. Yeah, because I'm not rooting for the Niners in a Super Bowl. Although I no, would have to no, root for the no. Devil incarnate in Baltimore, which is tough for me to do. But, you know, the, the Packers, the Packers-Niners game, I'll tell you what. The Packers haven't won in California since December 2015 when they beat the Raiders. They haven't won against an NFC team since October of 2015. Wow. Okay? Yeah. They have been worked over twice already this year when they go to California. Bro, some some numbers for you. Like, I couldn't believe this. I had to look it up and make sure it was true. Aaron Rodgers, 20 for 33 for 104 yards and a touchdown. And the touchdown was that of that pass where, where just, I'm just going to flip it out in front of me and while Devontae Adams is running by. I don't count that as a freaking touchdown pass. I don't. It's, to me, I, I, listen, I know the ball goes forward. I know it leaves Rodgers' hands. Okay, fine, whatever. To me, that's not a pass. I know it's counted as a pass. That's not a pass. Um, that's just uh, that's just like a little flip type BS type of little uh, uh, play that people have been running out for the last three years. And and you know, oh, if it, if it drops, it's a fumble or whatever. Or, or if it drops, it's an incomplete pass. Um, okay, fine, whatever. You want to have your little ticky tack rule crap? Fine, okay. But sorry. Quarterbacks for the Bears currently can throw 33 times, have 20 completions, and have well over 104 yards. Sorry, I'm saying, I'm not just saying. Yeah, no, I hear you. But they got they got worked over, and I'm sorry. How do you let the best uh, player on the field uh, when you're on defense, if you're Green Bay, to allow the best receiver on their team to get wide open? Like, Kittle could have set up shop, had, poured himself a cup of coffee, then uh, sliced himself a little pie, put another pie in the oven, and then cooked out with the catch and run for a touchdown. Mm. Like, it was sick. Well, you know, and, and I'll, and, tell you this, I'll, I'll tell you this much. The last 10 quarters, 
for Green Bay. Last three quarters, that's four quarters against San Fran, four quarters against the Chargers, and two quarters against uh, the Rams. Okay? They scored 17 in the second half against the Rams, 11 total against the um, against the Chargers, and eight against uh, the 49ers. Okay. okay. 38 points in the last 10 quarters, the last three times you're in California. Like, seriously, I know you want to get out of Green Bay, but it's still football. It's not a vacation. No, you keep saying that, and, and, and they're proving you right. Look, I just want to say this really quick. I find it alarming that people are still talking about Garoppolo being trash. I don't know what is wrong with the NFL fan base or why somebody. He, 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 was, he was off against Seattle, but I've watched him multiple times. And, he was, I, and I know it was against the Cardinals and he's got eight touchdown passes this year against them alone for each game. But no, Garoppolo is not trash. I, I don't understand what fans want from a quarterback nowadays. It's like if they don't throw for 400 yards a game, and have a perfect quarterback rating and eight touchdowns, they're not any good? Like, where is this standard going? I digress. In about nine minutes, I want to recap the Bear game, okay? We'll probably do it in less than that. I'm sure you can be brief. Here's what I liked. Bears, Giants, there's something that just feels right about those two teams playing in the 100-year anniversary of the NFL. I don't think there's a better rivalry in football, non-division rivalry in football than the bears and giants um it was fun that that was a game and that that was a matchup but the game was tough to watch even to a from a fan's perspective who loves old school smash mouth style football would you agree with that e yeah the, the giants are tough to watch the bears are tough to watch uh, somebody had to win the game yeah what was your take on it? You, you, you watched it, so you, you well, give us the breakdown. Yeah, the, t- the take on that was, you know, the Bears should have scored more than 19 points. Uh, there were some ticky-tack calls on this game as far as, like, when the Bears went for a two to make it 21-14, they got called for offensive PI, which looked like a crap uh, call anyways. Um, but, like, you know, Trubisky was picked in the end zone. He's one of the league leaders in, in, in red zone interceptions, and you don't want that on your resume. Uh, had another, had another threw, threw another pass deep downfield, and it was, it was short of his wide receiver, Javon Wins, easily picked off, so he had two there. Um, a good secondary would have picked off his touchdown pass to Allen Robertson. So there, there's some flaws still in the Bears' uh, offensive game, uh, but I thought their defense came out to play and play well. Uh, especially against Barkley, I think they had it out to you know stop Saquon and not let him do what he did last year against them. Uh, the only the one the one bad miscue I saw on defense was letting Golden take it behind him on a fourth down play to score a touchdown to make it uh, 19-14. I was like, where's the defense? Like, why aren't you guys lining up the goal line? Why aren't you guys lining up in the middle of the end zone so everything's in front of you? Um, so I still I, I know that I know the. Uh, what you lose going from Vic Fangio to Chuck Pagano, and I still think Pagano's a good defensive coach. I think another year with the defense will really help out the Bears, too. Um, but, you know, one of the best players on the Bears right now, the way he plays the game both on special teams and even sometimes on offense, 
I'll, I'm going to give it to him. It's Cordero Patterson. Um, you know, he he's a monster on special teams when it comes to when the Bears punt. And he, uh, he he doesn't care where the football is when it gets kicked off it and it goes into the end zone. He'll take it out seven yards deep. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. But then he, take, he takes it to the 25, 30-yard line and, and he's fine. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was nice to see Khalil Mack get a strip sack um, and get the Bears um, on the three-yard line of the Giants. But when you try running it in twice with your running back and you can't get in and you got to rely on your quarterback, last thing you really want is your quarterback getting hurt. Yes, I'm talking about. Um, and I'm saying that about my quarterback uh, that I, uh, for the team that I root for. I don't care about it if it's Lamar Jackson, even though he's, you know, completely 100%, like, no knows what he's doing. I don't think Trubisky knows 100% of what he's doing sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to come off as saying it's two different scenarios because really, a running quarterback, a quarterback who tucks the ball and runs is still a quarterback who runs, who tucks the ball and runs. And whether Lamar does it 15 times a game and whether Trubisky does it three times a game, you know, one hit can, can get you. Yeah. So, you know, you just you just can't be reckless with the ball. And, and Trubisky actually had a really nice line as far as going into the end zone on that three yard run. So, you know, it's not like he was going to get walloped at the one or something or at the goal. Sometimes, line. sometimes I can tell you as a coach, sometimes the best play is a naked boot. I mean, Doug Flutie lived off of that in Buffalo. Um, it, it's such a great call inside the five yard line, but you, you got to have a guy that can really sell the fake and. And maybe that's where Trubisky does some of his work. I don't think it's as high risk of a play as you're as you're worried about, but it still is a risk. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, and when you score 19 points against the Giants, who are already giving up like 25 points a game, what does that say about your offense? Yeah, I mean, let's be real. Well, we're going to talk about that because you got a matchup coming up next segment. We're going to talk about the Rams against the Cardinals, but first, we're going to do the Thanksgiving Day game between the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. Okay, before we get into the final segment, I just want to say to everyone, have a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you have a wonderful holiday. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your kids. You know, give everyone in your family a big hug from Eric and I and tell them that, uh, you know, they're special because they're part of your lives and, and you're special to us, not just because you're our listeners and because you watch our show, but because I've gotten a chance over the last few years, Eric and I both have, to get to know a lot of our fans and, and you're all good people. I mean, whether it's, you know, LT, MM Forever, Clash of Horns, Cliff, April, Gloria, the list goes on and on and on. So we appreciate everything that you guys do. Um, we appreciate you and, and have a wonderful and happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there, too. Uh, be safe. Enjoy whatever you guys do, whatever your family traditions are. Um, you know, that's, that's what makes uh, family and holidays so great is that. And, uh, um, yeah, and if it ends up uh, you watch football or something like that, you know, there's three good games on, so. Yeah, definitely. All right, Eric, Bears against Lions. Yeah, what well, seems like a Thanksgiving Day tradition. At this uh, point. This is the second year in a row with the uh, Bears and the Lions. And, you know, the Bears are going to be missing Taylor Gabriel, the number two wide receiver, if you can really call him a number two wide receiver. And also their tight end, Ben Broniker, who's actually been uh, taken over for Adam Shaheen because Shaheen just really can't play football. Um, but they're both out with uh, concussions, the defensive side of the ball. 
Uh, the only guy that probably is going to miss is uh, Sheriff McManus, uh, corner, nickel corner. Um, <clears throat> so it'll be interesting to see Trubisky's actually going to finally play in this game because he missed last year's game when uh, Chase Daniel played. And uh, the, Bears, the Bears defense just lit up Matt Stafford. But there's going to be no Matt Stafford in this game. It's going to be a hobbled Jeff Driscoll who's got a, a, a pulled hamstring uh, the Lions, interestingly, tried to sign Josh Johnson from the XFL, but he already signed a contract, and the XFL said, nope, go look somewhere else. Uh, so nice. they're, I know they're searching for I know they're searching for a quarterback. Um, you know, a breath of fresh air, I'll tell you, I'm going to start with Detroit, but um, Bo Scarborough, if you, if you don't know the name, uh, you might you might not watch college football. Anthony knows Bo Scarborough. Oh, yeah. Former running back, former running back for uh, Alabama. Um, and those, man... Something about Alabama running backs lately, and I, and I think one of the best running backs uh, is actually still to come to the NFL, and that's Najee Harris. Uh, watch him in the Iron Bowl if you get a chance. He, dude runs uh, like he's already a concrete wall, and if you're in his way, like, sorry. Like, I, I don't know. He, he just runs with such force. Um, like, watching – he's like watching Derrick Henry – just in a younger version. Wow. Um, so the, they're going to have that. They got their wide receivers who are healthy in Amendola, uh, Galladay, and Marvin Marvin Jones Jr. So it's really going to be like, okay, well, the Bears have already seen Driscoll once this year in Chicago. Let's see if he can continue to do what he's doing. And he's been getting, he's been moving the ball uh, a lot with his legs, too. He's been getting at least averaging about 60 yards on the ground. Um, but, I mean, you just lost to Washington, pulled your hamstring. Uh, you know, this team is not healthy coming into the, into the year or into this game. And, you know, we had previewed the, the Lions as a possible sleeper playoff uh, team. And they've just, ever since, uh, you know, they look good in week two after they tied the Cardinals in week one. Yeah. And we got to 3 0 start. Yeah, well, yeah, 3 0 1 start. And it's just been downhill for, that, uh, for them since. And Patricia just doesn't know um, what's going on. Injuries, man. Yeah, yeah, injury. Stanford died with a broken back, but um, it's just prime pickings for the Bears to to get a W in Detroit, get back to five hundred. Because you never know if Green Bay or Minnesota will slip up. I mean, Minnesota's got Seattle on Monday night, but uh, the Bears just need to take care of business. They can do that on Thursday, uh, you know, the first game of the day, and they just need to get off to a quick start. Um, instead of uh, a three and uh, three and out, the, the only time they've scored in their opening drive was against Minnesota when uh, Trubisky got injured and Chase Daniel led the touchdown drive to Terry Cohen. That's the only time they've scored on their opening drive, opening series in in, uh, in a football game this year. Um, so they need to they need to be able to start out hot and just rely a little bit on their defense. But Trubisky got to you know move the ball, get Montgomery involved. Uh, get him running. He, Montgomery hasn't had over 60 yards uh, since his 147 yard outing. So, you know, I want to see I want to see Montgomery have a great game. I want to see the Bears score early, uh, score first, score score often. And you know, I know that's not going to happen. That's what I want to see. Um, but I'm I'm looking at a, a 27 to 17 Bears win. See, I, I this okay. Now for me. Uh, the Lions are in trouble. I, I don't know how you can honestly pick Detroit to win this game. But I know Patricia is a great defensive mind. 
and he's going to have something up his sleeve for an anemic Bears offense. I don't think the Lions get 10 points. I don't think the Bears get to 20, though. So I'm kind of looking at a 17 to 3, um, 16 10 kind of game. Um, but it's not going to be a game where you ever really feel like the Bears are going to lose. You know, it could be 16 to 3 with like a minute 40 to go and the Lions start to drive and they get a garbage touchdown with 30 seconds left and try an onside everyone knows they're not going to get. Um, or maybe the Bears, you know, it's 13 to 10 and the Bears have the ball and they start to put together a drive. It stalls. They kick a field goal as time expires and they win. You know, or, 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 you know, they kick a field goal with like 30 seconds to go to go up 16 to 10. Like, it's going to be one of those games where it's just not going to feel like Chicago's in a real dangerous position. But I, I don't think it's going to be a, a game with a lot of points. Now, if the Bears do get to 20, I'm going to tell you how they do it. Okay. If they get to your 27 prediction, it's because Cordell Patterson had a punt return for a touchdown. Or there's a block punt. And and there's an and here. The Bears get a defensive touchdown. Um, I would say and or. Maybe let's go and or. I think and is a little strong. That is going to be what has to happen for the Bears to get to 20. And the Lions at home right now, they're a hot mess. They're not just a mess. And, and the Bears right now, they're coming off of an ugly win. And I think the Bears know on a short week, they're expecting something ugly in a short week because they don't got a lot of time. So let's just get the dub and get the hell out of here and take an 11-day break and figure things out. Or 10-day break. And I think that's what you're going to get out of no, Chicago. They get, they, get a, they get a week. They play, they play the following Thursday. Oh, damn. Okay. So they don't have the full 10 days. They have seven days. Well, but then, they'll, right. but then they'll have a 10 day. So you get a week and then you get 10 days. I think that's got to be the approach of the Chicago Bears. I'm going to go Bears 16. Um, I'll go 17 to 10 Bears. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it simple. But I think it's going to be that type of game. All right. I want to move on to the Rams. And I'll take the lead on this one. I'll let you kind of wrap it up and then we'll kind of finish up the show here. First and foremost, um, the Rams losing to Baltimore as bad as they did and, and not getting to play until the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I think there's going to be a lot of angry players on the Rams. I think there's going to be a lot of frustrated Ram players. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are eager to play this game. I think that offensive line is going to be playing with an attitude. I think Sean McVay is probably at his limit as far as his patience. I think Todd Gurley is going to have some big holes to run through. I think the pack, I think the, the Cardinals are going to be attacking like a pack of hyenas off the edge, trying to get to Jared Goff. And I think the Rams are going to run between the tackles. I think that defense is going to go Lamar Jackson. You are not Kyle Murray and we are going to squish you like an ant. I think Kyle Murray's going to get some plays. He's going to gash that defense a couple of times. But I think at the end of the day, I think the Rams' running game, I think the Rams' anger, and I think their focus going into this game, knowing it's a division game, and knowing that now truly they don't have very many slip-ups left in their future if they really want to say they have a mathematical shot at the playoffs. They're not eliminated yet. But man... If you think the Rams are making the playoffs, you're bolder than I am. But 10 and 6 is not out the window, and the Rams may be targeting that number. So for them, they know they got to win this game. I think they go into Arizona. 
I think they actually, for the first time this year, they come out strong. I think they score 14 points in the first half, which would be a season high or close to it. Um, one of their best performances of the first half. I think the, I think it's going to be 14, 10 at halftime. Um, I think the Cardinals will probably take the lead early in the third quarter, make it 17, 14. And I think at that point, I think the Rams are going to, you know, get themselves on a little bit of a roll, play some solid defense, get the offense going, run between those tackles. And I think they're going to walk out of there 27, 17. I think they're going to put 10 up. They're going to go 10 up on the Cardinals and they're going to walk out of, you know, whatever the name of this new, whatever the name of the stadium is for the Cardinals now, because they keep changing it. It's going to be 27-17 Rams. I think Gurley's going to have his first 100-yard day. I think that that offensive line is going to show us as Ram fans that they have the right guys on the right side of the line, and I think that's where Gurley's going to get a majority of his yardage. I think Goff is going to look better, and I think that defense is going to look dramatically better as the Rams walk out of that stadium with a 27-17 win, and they improve their record to 7-5. and Yeah, interesting. Uh, I think I think I think going on the road is going to benefit the Rams. Um, uh, Kyler Murray is a poor man's Lamar Jackson right now. So if he even gets out on the edges and, and is able to run, you know, he will. But I think the Rams do a really uh, the, the Rams already have experience with with a running quarterback. Right. So what you already know, knowing that Kyler Murray isn't Lamar Jackson, and use that and stop him when you can. Um, you can you can throw in the Rams. Lamar Jackson proved that. So I'm expecting to see you know Christian Kirk with uh, at least a touchdown, maybe about 50 to 75 yards for Fitz um, in the game. But you know nothing cures the football blues than when you face the Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> especially this year. I expect Gerald Everett to have over 100 yards receiving, a touchdown, maybe two. And tight ends feast on the Cardinals linebackers. And if Gerald, Gerald Everett's going to get his second helping of Thanksgiving dinner in this game against the Cardinals defense, that's going to open up a lot of other stuff, a lot of other routes for Cooks, Woods, and, um, and Cup. And I think they really need to get those three wide receivers involved a lot more to make the team a little bit more explosive. I, I, I do agree with you, Gurley getting 100 yards. Um, I think they're. I think they're going to pass their way though, so I wouldn't be surprised if Gurley gets about five to seven catches and gets about 30, 40 yards on the ground. Mm. Uh, but he'll have over he'll have over hundred total yards in the game. Um, I'm expecting though a close game. Uh, Chandler Jones um, is a beast on the defensive side of the ball. He's going to be trying to break through that line, get to golf as quickly as he can. Jordan Hicks also is a leading tackler in football. So our defense has two good two good guys. Uh, Booty Baker's in secondary. So you know he's going to be rolling out there somewhere. I think it's closer than what you picked. I think it's 24-23 Rams. Ooh, you're going with a Cynthia Freeland one-point game type of thing, huh? Not that you're Cynthia yeah, Freeland. You're way, way better at predicting games than her. It's okay. I just think the Rams are going to be playing with a little bit of an attitude. And when they play with an attitude, they're pretty tough to beat. Even – in this season when they've been struggling, but we'll see. All right. Last thing that I'm going to cover. I'll be quick on this. You can touch on it too. Um, I'm hearing a lot of people talking about Jared Goff being a bust and, and, and I'm just going to reiterate again, guys, this is what I said on my podcast. Eric, you back me up on this again. Once you break the bus label, you can't turn around and get that label back. And what you guys need to do is you need to go back and watch 
49ers versus Redskins, 1986 Monday Night Football. You need to go back and watch the 1986 NFC Divisional Playoff game, San Francisco at Dallas, or at, at, at New York. You need to go back and watch the 1987 NFC Divisional Playoff game against Minnesota. And you need to go back and watch the 1988 Week 11 contest, San Francisco 49ers against the, well, the then Los Angeles Raiders. Those are four games that Joe Montana, a Hall of Fame quarterback, looked every bit as bad, if not worse, than Jared Goff has looked this year. 86 was a difficult year between injury and getting hell beat out of him in 85. 87, he looked awful in their playoff game despite being 13-2. and In 88, he played so badly they benched him for Steve Young halfway through the season. So I want people to understand you're going to have years like this as a quarterback. Not every year you're going to break records and be a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's just not going to be the case. Eric, finish it, take it home. Yeah, golf is really going to finish the season strong. Um, you know, I, I know there was a couple games last year where yeah, golf had a tough time. One of them was in Chicago. Nobody wanted to really play offense in that in that game. On, uh, what was that Sunday night or Monday night, whatever whatever game that Sunday was? Sunday night, yeah. Monday um, night. I don't remember. Yeah, Monday but, night. But, but, but like I said, nothing cures – Nothing cures the Blues than, than seeing the Arizona Cardinals next on your schedule. And that's what the Rams need to look forward to. They, they can't think about anything else but what's right in front of them. And as soon as Goff gets his mojo back, even if it's not this year and it's next year, there's, there's, no, there's no bust. Uh, what he did last year with the Rams, um, taking them to the Super Bowl, um, and even though he didn't have the greatest uh, stat line in the Super Bowl, and some quarterbacks don't, um, you know, it is what it is, and, and, and golf is your franchise quarterback for the foreseeable future. So, And let me know. let me just say one thing to piggyback off you, Eric, because you're so right. Go ahead and take a look at Ben Roethlisberger's first Super Bowl stat line. I uh, rest my his, case. His, his rookie season was a disaster. I mean, not not like not like a huge disaster, but I, yeah, he he wasn't that great in the Super Bowl. All he did was find Hyden's award, throw to him a couple times, and then hand the ball off to fast forward Parker. Yeah, but let's not forget the only touchdown in that game was Hines Ward throwing to one of his own guys. That was the only passing touchdown the whole game. Right. So I'm just yeah, saying. The Steelers, the, the 05 Steelers did the same thing that the 2000 Ravens did, and that was use their defense to get there and win the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys, listen. Thanks for watching again, or watching, listening. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Sorry about the audio on the previous podcast, but this is what Eric and I love to do, and we love to do it for you. So all I'm going to say is thanks for listening. Go Rams! And happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Go Bears. Bear down. Horns up, baby. Horns up. Late.